This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Well, the story that's dominated the day, as it should, is the hiring of the new head coach of your Seattle Seahawks, Mike McDonald, former defensive coordinator now of the Baltimore Ravens, who had a premier defense this season. So it's exciting to see what uh, what he may bring to the table here. Can't wait to see him get to work, and we can talk about all these people that he may hire. And do you think, first of all, before we get into into everything else here, do you think he any keeps anybody from the Seahawks staff? We know that Clint Hurt is now in Philly, and and Shane Waldron has moved on. What about somebody, Kerry Joseph? Kerry Joseph, the quarterback coach. Still weird to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, just further down, I don't know, John Glenn. I, I don't. There's some of these coaches I'm not even that familiar with. As you get further down the the line, if you will, do you think it's just a fresh start, totally new, or anybody sticks around? Yeah, there. That's a good question. I I hope it's like Carl Scott. I think he's a great teacher. I know he was rumored to be in Philadelphia, um, and you know a lot of those guys couldn't wait. I couldn't sit around and wait. I mean, you get a job yeah. offer. It's like, I got to go. I can't sit here and wait around and get left behind. So I wonder if the new coaches are going to want you or they they got their guy that does what you do. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Larry Izzo, probably the special team coach, mm. is probably the most likely to stick around. Um, so but, somebody you, Carl Scott, you like. Anybody else you're like, yeah, if I could pick a guy, I'd like him to stay? Yeah, um, not really. Mm. I mean, I, I heard really good things about Andy dickerson mm-hmm. uh the offensive line, line coach. coach but i don't know maybe you want to get i i thought he was a good communicator and seemed like all the offensive linemen really liked him i haven't heard any rumors about him so yeah this will be the interesting part to see you know and also just to hear from john like what was that like when you hired him was there a collaboration as far as offensive and defensive coordinators go are you going to be is he going to be calling the defenses uh he's going to have somebody to help him maybe I, to me, man, I just think just keep calling whatever you've been doing defensively. Don't dilute that in any way. Don't water it down by hiring a guy to run your defense. I feel like just, you know, just run run the defense. And we heard that from Gary Kubiak. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm calling plays, man. When I come yeah. in there, it's, I'm absolutely in charge. Does he have the horses, though? I mean, it's I don't expect you to know the Ravens' defense up and down as far as their roster goes, but – some of what made it possible is the talent he had there. Do you do you feel like the Seahawks have equal, close to, I think same they can level of talent. Roquan Smith and um, and Patrick Queen are really pretty special the way they fly around. I mean, I again, I think if we're healthy, uh, Jordan Brooks is is that guy. He's part of it. And then you know, I think Derek Hall maybe he should have gotten. He got very good at the end. Um, if he would have gotten maybe more reps. Um, they were pretty committed to Daryl Taylor, and that's one I'm going to be curious about. Yeah, I mean he did because he's a free agent, right? And yeah, I just don't I don't see that you you bring him back. I, I really don't. I didn't I didn't like the what, what he did in against the run game, and he wasn't worth it enough to have out there as a pass rusher. So and I I think that's what they did the year he got nine sacks mm-hmm. or nine and a half or whatever it was. He was out there. And we suffered for it because of his run defense. But but now I think Boye Mafe, I think to me, if 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 this has any kind of an effect on any player, the guy the one guy I think the most is Reek Woolen. 
that that hope so he will be given the kind of confidence and it'll be instilled in him from uh, uh, Mike McDonald and just make it more simplified and I'm not saying dumb it down but just make it it doesn't have to be that way it has you know what it has to be like I said um, earlier you know if you if you wanted directions from point A to point B you would want the least words possible yep so that's that's where I think he can really help a guy like Rick Wollen, that would be the first guy that I would watch to see, if, like, is this having an effect on any of these guys? But him, Kobe Bryant, um, really Julian, Julian Love, you know, uh, Trey Brown, those guys, they didn't they didn't play up to their potential. Yeah. Uh, I thought Mafe did. I mean, he had a, a dry spell, spell there for a little while, but I think that there's a few players in there. And, and really, you look at, you know, you said the horses. Well, I always think about... Yeah, if you sign Big Cat, Jay Reed really had a good year. Yeah, and, you know, and I think he he might that might really help him a little bit to uh, to have this this new defense in there. What about Draymond, I don't know what to say about Dre. I was just going to say that I was like, I, I don't, I don't really. I'm kind of confused by the year that he had. He had a couple of really good plays, disappeared for a while, but maybe it was the defense and what they were asking him to do. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's exciting to have fresh eyes on it. it yeah, you know, somebody that. I just, as much as in, in they're obviously going to continue the culture and, and the positivity and everything, that doesn't mean that Mike McDonald's going to be out there going crazy the way Pete did. But I just like the idea of somebody who doesn't have any attachment to the past that, hey, man, I'm coming in. This is who I am. I don't have a clear idea of what you did here or how Pete did it. Here's how I see it going. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. And then Ian Rappaport, uh, we played this earlier in the program for those of you just joining us now. The Seahawks in his opinion, were willing to wait as long as McDonald was out there coaching it up. If, if the Ravens went to the Super Bowl, he was still, they were still going to be hanging out waiting for him. My understanding is this has been the guy all along. Seattle ran a long process, a thorough process, brought several candidates in for second interviews, ran them through the entire car wash. But the out, reality was this was the guy that John Schneider, the general manager, had in his head for some time. They were unable to interview him originally. And my understanding was even if the Baltimore Ravens had been in the Super Bowl, they would have waited because McDonald was a guy they had to talk to. I like. I mean, if he's accurate there, I love it. I love that they they got the guy they wanted. Yeah, let's just assume that 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 is the guy that they wanted. I mean, why are they going to stop waiting? You know, why would they all of a sudden stop waiting if that's the guy? So yeah, uh, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad they lost last week. So just yeah. in case it might have made things more complicated for the Seahawks. <laughs> you think John and everybody in the front office was watching that game, going, "Come on, come on, Casey." Come on, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> they were big probably, Kansas City Chief fans. Probably deep down inside. Yeah. I, I, you know, they, I'm sure those guys love the NFL and want it to play out, whatever. And they were prepared to do, you know, whatever they needed. I mean, the second you decided, hey, this is the guy that we really want, you had to, knowing that they're in the playoffs, assume the worst. Yeah. And yeah. then work from there. Uh, Adam Schefter, the one who uh, was, I think he, Adam broke the news, right? Was it Schefter? Yeah. Yeah, he broke the news. Once again, why does he get to break the news? Yeah, you brought up a sore subject for Dave over here. <laughs> he just he's, One day, Dave, you'll get him. He's been anointed. I, maybe I should have just asked. Yeah. Hey, can I break the noise or the news? And yeah, Sure. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, How about yeah, that? Here you go. Here are the terms. Yeah. You See, think that's what happened? I would love for John Schneider to say, well, you never asked. 
Yeah. <laughs> you could have broken it. You didn't ask. Yeah. When we get him on, when we have our John Schneider show, I'm going to ask him exactly that. Yeah. And they, then just say, moving forward, any big deals? Could you yeah. funnel those through hey, me? Dude, do you think maybe you could you know, throw those my way? Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, Adam Schefter, who broke the story, breaks down the uh, contract situation and the mandate for uh, Coach McDonald. And now he steps into a division where his main job will be to try to slow down the offensive attacks of Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers and Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams. But the Seahawks are changing the direction of their franchise. The youth movement is on, and they are having Mike McDonald lead that franchise into the future with a six-year contract. How do you feel if you're a Cardinals fan? Your team doesn't even get mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not worried about them. Your job is to slow down the Rams and the 49ers. They, they don't worry about the other team. Yeah, mention the NFC West and every team except that. Uh, yeah, they beat the the uh, the Rams 37-31 in overtime at home. That was kind of annoying to me. Uh, and then they just smoked us, of course. And they pretty much smoked the 49ers. Smoked the 49ers. They smoked a bunch of teams, man. It was impressive what they did. Uh, by the way, first defense in NFL history, Dave, to lead in points allowed, most sacks, and most takeaways. Hmm. How about that? That is a very interesting statistic that you would put those three together. But, I mean, yeah. you just think you've got the number one defense, then you start looking at sacks and takeaways and things like that. So what did the Seahawks have, like 45 or something the the year that we won the Super Bowl? I'm going to say it, it, the turnover ratio was like plus 20 or yeah, something it like was, that. Yeah, it was I, I don't remember crazy. where they ranked, but, yeah. I mean, they, they just went on that tremendous run of four years in a row leading the league in points allowed, yeah. which was, I mean, what a run. That's that's generational defense. Sacks are a huge play, and that was not a big sack team, um, but they did get pressure. Um, so that I like hearing that, and hopefully that produces. I mean, you know, you get guys like uh, Boy Mafe, who's really a good pass rusher, and again, I think he's very raw. You know, he's well, we were talking to Mark Schlereth about this, and his name kind of came up just because. Um, Mark was saying these guys weren't like playing Pop Warner or watching football. They were playing Madden. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how they, they came up with the game and, and how it became cool to to a lot of guys, the well, younger guys. We were uh before the the move was made, obviously we knew McDonald was one of the one of the uh, candidates out there and we were soliciting opinions from those that know him. And we, we spoke to the voice, the Ravens play by play man, Jerry Sandusky. And he talked about McDonald's in-game adjustments being unmatched, in his opinion. Mike has uh, several strengths. One, he has tremendous rapport with the players. Two, he has tremendous respect from the players. And three, you just touched on it, his ability to adjust to a game plan, adjust the game plan to the situation is remarkable for such a young coach. So many coaches in the NFL are great coordinators from Monday through Saturday put together the plan, have everybody in place, do a great job coaching everybody up, and then Sunday, the plan doesn't fit the situation and they don't adjust. Mike is a is a Sunday through Sunday coordinator, and I've seen him throughout the course of the year make adjustments on the fly to things they didn't anticipate or something that happens, there's an injury, make an adjustment. That's uh, that's the best thing I think we heard about him yeah. because this was the bigger complaint last year I think than than any other and it was on the offensive side of the ball too mm -hmm. was the adjustments during a game the yeah. game time adjustments just weren't happening they would go in with a you know with a a plan and then it you know might work for 
a quarter or maybe not work till the second half in some cases, but it just took too long for them to, to adjust. And I really, you know, think about it, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And maybe that's somebody that he gets. Right, Mike McDonald. He he finds an offensive coordinator that he knows to to be able to you know coach on the run. Mm-hmm. It's tough, man. I I don't you know I don't I don't sit there and go oh why aren't they doing this and that. I mean during a game, it, it just all hell breaks loose and you have the the clock going and it's not waiting for you. Yeah. And you know if you're trying to draw something up or look at all these different pictures that they get up in the booth and stuff, it's it's difficult, but. You know that's that's one thing that really good coaches do well, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's one thing. And I thought that was very well put by Jerry Sandusky. It was like he's there because it's it's one thing to drop a game plan and everything, but when the whole thing goes to crap, then all of a sudden, what do you do? What do you counter with? And I thought really on both sides of the ball, that wasn't the case. But I think we're going to find out that this year it's going to be totally different on defense. Offense, we'll see. You know, depending on who he. He picks to run the offense. Well, K.J. Wright was was speaking on this again before Mike McDonald was hired and just breaks down, in his opinion, what impresses him about McDonald. When you look at their, their team, Roquan Smith, monster. Kyle Hamilton, monster. Marlon Humphrey's really, really good. They're, the way their coach put them in a position to be successful is what I admire about them. The way their coach draws up the scheme, draws up the game plan. And you can't just show up, Salk. And just think it's going to just happen on, on Sundays. These guys you could tell and walk through at practice. We're going to watch it on tape. I want it to look like this. When I was with the Las Vegas Raiders, the, the coach, they drew up the entire third down package and everyone understood what the game plan was going into Sunday. And so just what he does schematically is something that <laughs> is really, really off the charts. You don't just show up, Sulk. So stop with that idea. Right there. I think the emphasis was on Salk. <laughs> it, was like, it was like he was disgusted with him. I know. Don't even think it. Don't even think it. You don't just show up. Who are you? <laughs> uh, that's uh, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff from KJ. Well, and we talked to Mark. You brought up Mark. We talked to him yesterday, Mark Schlereth. If you guys missed that conversation, you, you never want to miss it. But if you did, it's on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. And he was talking about how the Ravens, uh, their pre-snap looks – how they, they are able to fool the offense, talking about the defense and, and something he highlighted for them. The other thing I think they do a great job of is attacking your protection from the standpoint of you being on the line of scrimmage and your quarterback identifying guys that he wants the offensive line to go to. And then they're dialed in enough to be able to bring pressure or simulated pressure from the opposite side. And they do that all the time. In today's football, and it drives me crazy, you know, I hear offensive coordinators talk about this all the time. We want premium plays. We want to be in the perfect play versus the defense. Like, that's not how football works. You're never in the perfect play. you got to out-execute people. And so, to me, I think a lot of my game plan, if I'm Kansas City, is to break the huddle having declared what we're going to do in protection and then basically run that protection and don't let them adjust their blitz schemes and their simulated pressures off of the calls we make at the line of scrimmage. Call them in the huddle, live with them. Yeah, I heard Mia Kimes today, and then uh, I know Mark said it there, the simulated pressure, it's just, you know, putting six, seven guys up and then two guys drop back and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think he's right. Like, there's too many coaches, and mentioned this a number of times, I'm really curious to hear what KJ has to say about the Ravens' practices, but um, we'll get to that. But I, I think... 
there's too many coordinators out there that are trying to get everybody into the perfect offense or the perfect defense. What do you call it? Premium play? Yeah. I remember he said, you know, he knew they were going to lose that game in 1996 because they were trying to get to their premium plays. And, you know, every check they had would check them out of whatever play that they were trying to run. And so, yeah, you just out outthink yourself and I feel like just just run man some just run the play let's go out get it done you know sometimes it's just about not necessarily you having an angle on a guy but you've got to face him up and and drive him off the line that's that's what you do well uh KJ said something earlier today the second I heard it I go oh Dave's gonna love this <laughs> Dave's gonna love this and this is KJ what he's heard about how the Ravens conduct their practices and Different from the Seahawks. We, we we didn't tackle. We didn't tackle. And I believe that those guys over there, they take guys to the ground. Well, yeah. They they have a live period. Live! Everyone's live. Stay off the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I didn't tackle guys until preseason, <laughs> game one. Or sometimes regular season, wow. game one. Yep. And so it will be a different <laughs> Good. type of energy. How much are they allowed to do? Because we've we've heard of like they've gotten in trouble before for hitting or something that took place during practice, right? Yeah, I tried to block that out of my mind, Bob. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I think during, I'm not clear on the rules. Well, I think during camp you're you're okay, but I remember the the places where the Seahawks got in trouble was during OTAs, um, and they had like helmets on. And remember, there was one guy that got like a bloody nose. Somebody got a concussion because they ran into each other. Um, but as far as yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I know that at a certain point, like December, it just shuts down. You can't run. There's no contact whatsoever. And by the way, the NFL has like um, a camera up there and a feed. And I don't know who's appointed to looking at those and saying. Watching practice yeah, everywhere. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be dull. Uh, yeah, you got to sit there and look at this and tell me if somebody runs into another guy. But KJ's saying we didn't. I didn't tackle anybody until preseason. Yeah. So he's talking about minicamp, OTAs, training camp, and then they get to the preseason game. Right. I don't know if he's if that's hyperbole or if they literally never tackled, but that sounds like that's more not because of the rules, because that was how Pete, you know, obviously trying to save guys doesn't want people getting hurt. We you you bring up Dan Campbell all the time and the hard knocks like. Sorry, guys. I know you don't want to do this, but this is, trust me, this is going to pay off in having them tackle. So the option is clearly there. Yeah. Well, I think Pete put a lot of faith in his players, knowing that, you know, and he was right for a while when they were going to the playoffs yeah. and everything, and they had they had younger guys. Um, maybe that he, he was okay with that. They didn't need that kind of stuff. But I feel like just – just in football in general, like even high schools are doing this because they're trying to. Everybody's trying to cut down on on the concussions and injuries, and those are the things because people like the NFL. They're always saying, "Oh, we got to influence the moms," which I'm always <laughs> like, "Why do they put it on just the moms? Why why don't they put it on the dad too? I mean, why is it the moms that you know to me that they they put all the pressure on? I know they're trying to be whatever you know uh, there." politically correct or, or something like that but to me it's it's both it's both parents it just never made sense to me but um but yeah i mean that's that's the thing everybody is just universally gone to less contact so i would i mean i'm not asking them to do more and and go and get in trouble and fines and things like that but the maximum amount of contact that you can have 
I hope that that's how they, they should have they run it here. That that maximum amount. <laughs> there's value to it, man. I'm not just trying to be a caveman. I'm I'm telling you, it it really is. There's value value to hitting. You get yourself in shape, and then there's really no good way to simulate a tackle. I mean, tackles aren't perfect. They're not like in the tackling drills where the guy you know jogs towards the sideline and you wrap him up. It's never like that. You always are you're thinking you're going to have to dive or he's going to juke me or he gets past you and you grab him and throw him back. I mean, those are the only kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things that can only happen when you're going full speed. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and I don't know about necessarily taking him to the ground. If they do, that's okay. That's how I would coach it. But, you know, we don't want to sling guys down and slam them down and separate a shoulder or anything. But, you know, sometimes if if that comes up, you know, uh, maybe you do have to get used to that, and you do have to execute that. Well, don't you? Wouldn't you have to do that when tackling has been such an issue? It's ter- been terrible, right? So, so the idea of hitting, I get that, but if you're not going to finish the tackle by bringing them down, you're not helping. What, what good the is it doing is. you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, I think there does have to be some of that because, like I said, not. The, the tackles that are made every once in a while, you'll see a big you know collision, and it's just like a perfect form tackle. But most of the time, it's a guy like, um, you know, a guy like Lamar Jackson. I was trying to think about who who it was that like tripped his leg up. Uh, I know Christian Harris did it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and when the the Texans played them. But yeah, it was uh, not all of them are perfect, but. I just think more contact, it's it's not because I'm old-fashioned. It's because it's necessary. Well, KJ said as much, and he's, you know, he's not less that, of a caveman than me. He's younger. He, it's not it's that long ago caveman. he was in the in the league. So, you know, it's not an antiquated yeah. way of thinking. He, he's been there fairly recently. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if that's uh, what he brings to the table. But what now that he's got this job, what are the next steps for Mike McDonald? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. How about you just obey the law instead of trying to deceive? Boring. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> Talking about racing home. <laughs> and supposedly there are covers for license plates that... It's a rumor. Will, uh, they won't reflect or... It Make it hard your... for those cameras to take pictures of your license plate. There you That's go. what I've heard. That's the rumor. That's a good way to put it. I would never do something like that if any cops are listening. <laughs> You'll never see those on my car. Matt Rogers would never do that. Hey, if there were any <laughs> cops listening, you two would have been arrested by now. I know. They could have just they could just hang out outside the building going, well, I know when the show ends, so yeah. I'm going to wait for these two cars to come zipping out of here. And Stop giving them ideas, Bob. <laughs> I don't think it was that innovative, but all right. Uh, Mike McDonald is your new head coach, see? fans if you're just tuning in maybe you've been in meetings all day and you missed the news you had no access to the internet and we're breaking the news for you right now yes the seahawks have a new head coach for the first time in 14 years his name is mike mcdonald 36 years old defensive coordinator former defensive coordinator for the baltimore ravens so now that that part is done reportedly a a uh, six-year contract by the way the press conference is tomorrow right 11 a.m yep with uh schneider and mcdonald Schneider and McDonald will speak with the media, speak to the masses tomorrow at 11 a.m. Do you have anybody in mind? It's hard with coordinators to to know 
you know, I, I like this guy on this staff, and this guy is on the Panther staff, and this guy is on the Raiders staff. Coordinators are a little harder, and I think they, there are some rules attached to it in terms of them making lateral moves. I think for a move up, they can lead, but I think the team is it has to give them permission. Like if there's an OC on another team and you want them to be the OC here, they need to get permission for the team, I think is how that goes. Mm. Um but is there anybody off the top of your head that you look at or maybe some of these coaches that they interviewed that you'd be like, well, they didn't pick him as a head coach, but I wouldn't mind seeing him as the offensive or defensive coordinator. Well, this guy, uh, Mike Kafka, who he gets the supposedly the Andy Reid stamp of approval. Um, you know, that's I mean, <laughs> I'm just glad that it, we probably won't hear from him that much, right? If he's the offensive coordinator? Probably not. We didn't hear from Shane Waldron yeah. much. And- okay, so we're, we're safe there. Because <laughs> apparently he's, he's incredibly boring. Yeah. <laughs> but I, who cares, man? I don't care if he's a bad interview. Um, yeah, you know, if he's a great coordinator, he, he can oh be mute. I don't. Yeah. You never have to say a word. Yeah, it's just like you know some of the players that give really bad interviews. Like who cares? He can block his ass off. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So yeah, I mean uh, that's the one thing Andy Reid I think is a very underrated coach, and if he. Uh, if Mike Kafka gets his his stamp of approval, I think that's that's always a pretty good thing. But other than that, it'll be I think it's just going to be a big surprise because you don't know who he's come in contact with, uh, Mike McDonald that is, and maybe it's at uh, a coach's clinic or something, mm-hmm. you know that. And that's like I said, these guys all know each other pretty much from, you know, if you're the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator for a team, you're usually you know, walking across the field and talking to the other guy that you all already know each other. I mean, there are guys that I played with that are coaching in the league and they know people. I mean, there's probably 10 or 12, maybe 15 guys that I played with. So, you know, you, you get to know everybody. And so this is going to be kind of interesting to see who is like-minded, you know, like, like McDonald. That's what, that what I like because his basic theme is that he really knows the game and he really knows how to communicate it to players. And the, the, the two have to go together because if you really know the game and you're using a bunch of jargon like you just read from that Twitter page there, <laughs> no, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. Whatsoever. And I get that, you know, every once in a while with some of the broadcasters, they come on with the, well, they give you the X's and O's and I'm going to, you know, use all these fancy terms and everything. And I'm like, you're really not conveying the message to to people. And I'm not saying dumb it down, but like explain it in a way that everybody can understand. Put it in layman's terms. Yeah, because most of us are. So, yeah, I, I think. That's where um, a lot of times people get in trouble that, oh, he's a great X's and O's guy and this guy, get him on the chalkboard and everything. But can he explain it? Can he, you know, sort of take you step by step, like I said, with the fewest words possible to get people to do what you want them to do, to see your vision and execute it on the field? Well, you, you bring up uh, Mike Kafka, who is the offensive coordinator with the Giants. And we, we had a chance to speak with uh, Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for ESPN. And he's the one that talked about him. It's, it's hard to evaluate guys that are coming from situations that weren't great, like talking about somebody from the Panthers or somebody from the Giants or some of the teams that had this down year. And you're going, you're going to take somebody from that staff? They, they weren't good. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of it's it's hard to get excited about that. They, it may not have anything to do with them, not their fault, but it, just from the outside, you're going, huh, ah, all right. But uh, Jordan Ronan here talking about, 
Kafka, and you brought up the with the Andy Reid stamp of approval. He was the guy that Andy Reid thinks highly of, okay? He was in Kansas City. He did a lot of good work, you know, helping bring Patrick Mahomes up. He went to the Giants because he wanted the opportunity to call play. That's why he made that move. So it's really just the respect he has around the league from Andy Reid in particular and the, and the work he's done there. That's how his name got out there. Andy Reid has a huge, very successful coaching tree. And Mike Kafka is kind of just the latest of that coaching tree. And I think that's the reason that, you know, Andy Reid and company think really highly of him. That makes people look and say, hey, if Andy Reid likes this guy and thinks he's super smart and is really smart offensive mind, maybe we should look at him too. Yeah, you know, going back to the, you know, Evero thing, that the Panthers. So, for example, in that free agency list we had yesterday, there's a guy named Frankie Louvu who played at Washington State, mm-hmm. and he is a backbreaker is what he is as a linebacker. But he was on he was on the, you know, the Carolina Panthers. So, I mean, are people going to say, "Well, why do we want that guy because he's, you know, he was on the Panthers and they were 2 and 15 or whatever it was." Well, you know, do you think it's the same thing with coaches? Do you not want to touch any coach or any player that was on that team? Are they tainted? No, that's that's not the case. So, yeah, as far as going back to the Evero thing, but um, yeah, come on, it, fans don't want a coach who lost his last game. Well, that yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, I mean that soured it for everybody uh, when Dan Quinn, yeah, when Quinny got kicked out of the playoffs. But yeah, I mean it's it, it's not like. Every single person. I mean, look on the '92 team when we were in two and fourteen. Um, Cortez Kennedy was Player of the Year defensively. I mean, yeah. that was pretty good. Not much of a, a higher honor you can get than that. Yeah, I think people would have been okay if Cortez was coming to their team off of the, that two win yeah. season. Said it wasn't his fault. That guy's a beast. Right. Uh, but you, you brought up Ejiro uh, Evero, uh, and we had Anish Shroff on, who's the Panthers play-by-play man, talking about. What you know? What makes him great in terms of uh, if he were to be the head coach? He came in. He ran a three-four. He was able to make it work. I'll say maybe one strike against him is that someone like Jeremy Chin, who in his first two years in the league was a really good player, a safety who was making a hundred plus tackles, was runner-up to Chase Young for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He basically fell off the map and played you know hardly any snaps this season. He was hurt for a while. When he was healthy, he was only playing 25, 30 percent of the snaps and became a glorified special teamer. So. I think from a leadership standpoint, I can tell you this. The players that I talk to speak very highly of them. All of them are for Ejiro coming back and keeping this defensive coaching staff intact to run back the same defense last year. You know, if you ask me, is he a scheme guy? He's got his scheme. It's a 3-4 defense. They play a lot of strong nickel. Um, But I think the leadership component resonated in the locker room, and that's real. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if, if the players like them, do they respond to them? Do they carry out the, the plan as it's constructed, as it's been taught? That's that's the most important thing now. The the record, the, the coordinator on one side of the ball can't be responsible for the, the entire downfall of a team. Yeah, and and so he was a defensive guy. Yeah. and But does that necessarily put him and, and Mike McDonald together? Because we talked about, I think Mike McDonald's probably going to call the plays. But he's probably going to need somebody to be sort of his interim defensive coordinator because he's going to be head coach. He has certain duties and things like that. But I don't know that those two uh, necessarily go together. I don't know if they they've run across run across each other uh, each other's paths in in the past or not. And maybe I don't know how many how many t- 
pl- coaches do you think are going to get plucked from the Ravens staff? Curious I, about I, if that. McDonald likes them, I hope a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to trust that he knows. Hey, this guy is a great secondary coach. This guy is a great linebacker coach, or what? He's got that insight. So if he's if he's going to make a case or make a play to bring them here, then I trust him. I trust him with that. All right, coming up, we learned a lot about Mike McDonald today, but there were plenty of other things we learned today as well. We're going to all find out together. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. This is a house of learned doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. is the easiest way out. Man, there was a lot of learning today. Most of it about the new Seahawks head coach, Mike McDonald. Did we learn anything outside of that, Lefko? Yeah, uh, we learned that, you know, breaking news makes for a long day for a lot of people, especially makes for a long day for Matt. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Is this music? I had the wrong hockey up. This is a bump in Stacy bet. I'm so sorry. Today's been chaos. <laughs> I was like, this is oh, a little I don't slow know. Starting jam. to like it. Turn it off. All right, everybody. It's Bob. <laughs> it's, it feels like it should be like Barry White music or what kind of a show. Are we running here? Wyman well, and Bob here, Seattle Sports on 710. Hope you all having a great evening. I'm sorry. That was 1970s, 80s pornographic movie music. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry. Matt busted it out of his collection. I want to make it very clear. I'm not the one who picked that bed. It is a bed that is played on a show that I run, and that's where my use of that music stops. Who should we be questioning? See, Raj? I think Curtis, probably. Yeah. Did he come up with that? Who was it? Do you know? Um, it's Redbone by Childish Gambino. Oh, all right. Oh, of course, of course. Well, he's the one that's the uh, he's the actor, right? Yeah, isn't that him? Yeah, yeah. Childish Rambino, Gambino, Gambino. <laughs> Donald Glover, Donald Glover. Yeah, he's an actor and 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 a rapper. Uh, he two different names, Dave. Yeah. He's got his actor name and his musician name. We learned yeah. that Dave learned something today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I should get my own stage name. Child. Should we all? Let's all get stage names. You want to? We're famous. Like that. Should we start him with childish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What else did we learn? Uh, well, despite what seems like a universally popular hire, everyone likes Mike McDonald. We learned there's one reason to be annoyed with John Schneider. Adam Schefter, the one who uh, was, I think he, Adam broke the news, right? Was it Schefter? Yeah. Yeah, he broke the news. Once again, why does he get to break the news? Yeah, you brought up a sore subject for Dave over here. <laughs> he just he's, One day, Dave, you'll get him. He's been anointed. I, maybe I should have just asked. Yeah. Hey, can I break the noise or the news? And yeah, Sure. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, How about that? Ahead. Here you go. Here are the terms. Yeah. You so, think that's what happened? I would love for John Schneider to say, well, you never asked. Yeah. <laughs> you could have broken it. You didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> when we get him on, when we have our John Schneider show, I'm going to ask him exactly that. Yeah. And hey, then just say, moving forward, any big deals? Could you yeah. funnel those through hey, me? Hey, dude, you think maybe you could you know, throw those my way? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure, man. Hey, and then also maybe announce a couple picks in the draft if you don't if you don't mind. Is that, is that cool? Would you like to go up to the podium out there? <laughs> Where is I the draft it? this year? Detroit. It's Detroit. Detroit. Oh, I'm always in Detroit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I've been there a lot lately. Um, you know, 
I got to actually announce one of the the draft picks one time when they were doing it on the NFL Network. This is before it got to be a big deal. Okay. And it was Tedrick Thompson that I announced because they had a bunch of different people that were there, like alums or whatever. Yeah. So mine was Tedrick Thompson. Is he Colorado? Didn't work out so well. Yeah. Nice he, guy. He came in the same year as the – who was the other kid from Michigan? Michigan. I, what was his name? Because neither one of them turned out He had a great laugh. <laughs> That's all, all I remember Blanking about on him. his name. Somebody will text it in. But, yeah, yeah Blank, we're excited about both of them. Yeah and, yeah, and neither one of them worked out. No, they didn't. You know it would be funny? If Wyman announced the pick now, it would be one of those where it would be in commercial and no one would see it. Yeah. <laughs> it would just flash across the bottom of the screen in commercial as Wyman is talking to just the assembled crowd, but not even on TV. And you would think that would be funny. Lano Hill, by the way. Lano Hill. There yeah. you go. Delano, right? Wasn't it? It was Delano, then he moved it to Lano, much like Tariq and Reek. See what happens? You change your name, things go the things wrong go way. Things go bad. Just leave it. You started with a name and it worked out well that year. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it. What else? We're we learning things on top of what we learned right, today. Though, wow. I mean, hey, listen, I'm not saying it's because of the name, but it might have been because of the name. Hmm. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we also learned it took something crazy, but Wyman actually praised Jared Goff. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing we would be talking about now, if Ben Johnson had been hired, would be Geno. That's all we'd be talking about is Geno Smith. And can he, and you know, and I think the prospect would have been really exciting to think, can you turn, and I never thought I would hear myself say this, can you turn him into Jared Goff? <laughs> <laughs> Save that tape. None of us thought we'd ever hear you say that. Well, I don't think the rest of the NFL would, like if you, when he first came in the league and said, hey, can you turn my quarterback into Jared Goff? No thanks. But it's been it's been remarkable. I like I like Jared Goff now. He's one of those guys that totally came around on. It's not like I disliked him in the beginning. Now he did go to Cal, which there's a heated rivalry, I understand, with Stanford and Cal. But um yeah, he just he just seemed like a dope. <laughs> and now he's he's a secure quarterback running the show looks looks good now did he seem like a dope prior to the sunset comment that was part of it that was part of it because they were doing hard knocks right and i think it yeah. was in his second or third year and i believe he was up in a blimp they were yeah, they were up in the air i remember yeah. that vaguely yeah he was taking a blimp ride and uh <laughs> I, I can't remember how he worded it he's like well, the east or what, whichever side the the sun sets on. He's yeah. Somehow he got confused there. <laughs> east of the west. Is a rise in the west sets in the no east. Yeah, it sets was, in the west. He was confused. That was that was a problem. He had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> what else did we learn? Oh, I'm reading a couple of texts now, laughing at our potential nicknames. Four one five says uh, Wyman could be childish. 1981 North Nevada State champ Spino. <laughs> It's a little wordy. And then uh, there's another one. Oh, a couple people. Well, 206 says, There is no way that Wyman called Childish Gambino a 1980s porn song. Shaking my head. <laughs> mm. That's why it doesn't play on our show. Okay. I wonder mm. what the guy's talking about. You just won the radio with that comment. I'm dying. I don't know what you're referring to. Somebody gave us uh, three names here. Bob Karate Kid, Dave Lineman, Mike Sweet Child. Oh, Lineman. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't, I don't mm. know why, but those are the names they, they came up with. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, on to the next one here. Uh, we learned that Matt kind of had a tough weekend, but it was because people thought he was nice. 
I was accidentally generous at a coffee shop Uh-oh. I go to up in Marysville sometimes. Accidentally. Uh-oh. They have one of those swipe terminals where after you order the coffee, you give them their card, punch it in, they flip it around so you can give them a tip. Uh-huh. And the tip screen had changed, but I hadn't noticed until I had pressed the button. I accidentally tipped 30. Look at you. And no, no, no. Don't <laughs> say it was a good thing. I did not mean to. <laughs> what Which are we I talking think, about? Like a buck 27 extra, probably? Where are you getting coffee that you only have to pay a buck 27? I'm, I'm talking say, about you saying tip. that's the I'm extra not, part. Oh, the extra. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, was, un- that wow. was uncalled for. That was a little aggressive. That was uncalled for. <laughs> Dave getting a little aggressive there. <laughs> Look at how much Matt enjoyed it. Though. <laughs> he really did. Do you feel like you've created that's an true. expectation now that when you come in, here comes Maddie Big Bucks. This is a big tipper. Everybody's serving well. I'm He's worried I have. I liked that he was accidentally generous. Have you been back there since? No, it happened this weekend. And you haven't been back yet? Nope. Are you a little leery of going in there? Going there? I have expectations now. Kind of wondering if I should just go to the Starbucks now. <laughs> Save myself the embarrassment. Uh, all I, because of that extra dollar or whatever it turned out to be. He's going to change his, his, his coffee location. I really hope you're right that Matt walks in. And the very first thing that someone says is, Matty Big Bucks. There <laughs> hey, he is. Hey. hey. Matt comes People behind the, the counter, they're they're fighting their way to be first. Hello, Mr. Nelson. Because <laughs> of his extra dollar twenty-seven, <laughs> all over an extra buck. Yeah, this guy just throws money around. Get get in line to serve. And him. Wyman's gonna be sitting there in the back. You know, no, that's numb nuts. <laughs> that's the funniest thing about that is I don't know. I that just kind of slipped. I was maybe I was gonna call you Nimrod or something like that. I can't remember, but I called. Matt numbnuts and he burst into laughter. Yeah. He thought it was funny. It was just so unexpected. Yeah. I, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It just sort of came out. Next, it was suddenly you were like one of our texters because that's typically where I. He had a level of disdain that. for you. Yeah. <laughs> no. I can't blame him. I think I've earned being called that over the years. Hey, <laughs> well, you don't want to be known as the, the cheap tipper, though. That's that's the thing. I would oh, say on no, that no. on that side, yeah, over over tip. That's fine. Yeah, it's better to be on that side of it, over tipping than under. Than under. All right, everybody, that does it for us. What a great day! Seahawks have a new head coach, and we learned all kinds of new things about him from Xavier Smith, the guy that gave him his very first coaching opportunity back in high school. So if you missed that conversation or our conversation with Jeff Dantzler of the Georgia Bulldogs Radio Network, who watched him as a coach on that staff, or Gary Kubiak, who had him on his staff out there way back in the day. Lots of information on the Seahawks' new head coach from three different perspectives. So check it out on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Click the podcast tab and click on our picture, and it's right there waiting for you after the show each and every day. Or you can just click subscribe and never have to worry about it again. Totally up to you. Have a great night, everybody. We're back tomorrow right here. It's Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710.